We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com. It is a from American Family Field, and the result is uh, definitely not good. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, game two in the books, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Tim Allen and uh, alongside the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. Hey, Jeff, uh, when was the last time we worked together? Do you recall this? Do you, uh, do you remember? Man, it's been about it's it's been well over a year, my friend. Okay, since since nineteen, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's like getting a band back together. That's right. That's right. We got some Metallica coming up. We'll do a couple of Iron Maiden songs, and we'll wrap up with uh, a Black Sabbath song. How does that sound tonight? A dream come true. The only thing that would make that better would be if the crew would have pulled this out tonight. Well, 17 strikeouts is pretty tough to win a baseball game, and and if you like pitchers, duels, I guess you sort of uh, were digging this one, but certainly not the results, not the outcome. I uh, want to get your uh, reaction uh, as well at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Brewers fall uh, to zip. They get shut out. They get a walk. They get a hit by pitch. And they get one hit. One damn hit. That's all they got is one hit. Uh, that was uh, Omar Narvaez and uh, Corbin Burns. All right. Those of you questioning what Corbin Burns may or may not be this year, Take a look at uh, what he did last year. Take a look at what he did in the spring at Cactus League for what it's worth. Now, some some elevate uh, the results of Cactus League play or Grapefruit League in, in Florida, as it were. Uh, but, you know, you look at the longevity now of this. You know, basically a Cy Young candidate last year, Corbin Burns. Comes right out of the shoot in spring training, a 165 ERA. Comes out and does this tonight. So it's starting to stack up. That is nothing but good news for the Milwaukee Brewers uh, moving forward here. And again, you're, you're not going to win every single game. And you know, as I talked about on Thursday, this Minnesota t- uh, Twins team, they're a tough customer, man. They really are. They're, they're a good baseball team. Everything you think of the Brewers right now, pretty parallel with the Minnesota Twins couple of division titles the last couple of years. You, you've got your hands full with this team. Now, we don't see 
you know, but uh, five or six games against the Minnesota Twins. But I, I will say this, um, they're a pretty good baseball team. They really are, and they're well-managed, too. I really like uh, Ball Deli, but, uh, man, this was this was tough to watch if, if, if you're watching solely for some Brewers offense as Brewers fall to zip. Want to get your reaction here? I think uh, Craig Council made one – I, I, I won't say a major mistake because when you don't score any runs and uh, you lose by two, yeah, you know, I if you lost by one, if the, if the final score was one zip here, I would have had a much bigger problem with Craig Council tonight. But I will, I will get to that in the ga- game recap where I think Craig Council did a little screw up there. Did it cost the team? No, because they, they lost by two. It did directly lead to a run, in my estimation. So a little bit surprised by that uh, for Craig Council's management of the bullpen here. Again, getting your reaction here, 11,300-plus uh, at American Family Field as the Brewers fall in game two of this uh, opening weekend set against the Minnesota Twins. Let's go back all the way to the first inning, both teams went one, two, three. Each pitcher with a strikeout. Yelich uh, struck out in the bottom half of that first, and right away I thought CB Bucknor uh, behind the plate was trying to find himself a little bit. I think, I think he had a little bit uh, more liberal of a strike zone uh, for. Barrios than he did for Burns, but Burns made it work outside of, you know, working his pitch count up. It didn't really affect uh, either side here. Second inning, uh, Corbin Burns lights out, strikes out the side, and you're looking at uh, Corbin Burns just cooking tonight. No doubt, uh, four total through those two innings. To the bottom of the second, Barrios returns that favor, striking out the side. Hira, Bradley Jr., and Kane to the third as uh, just zeros. Burns strikes out the side again in the third. Six consecutive strikeouts, seven for the game, ten for this point. uh, Straight strikeouts for both teams combined through two and a half innings. Brewers go one, two, three. Nine up, nine down for each pitcher heading into the fourth inning. Both teams, one, two, three again in the fourth. Burns, eight strikeouts through the first four innings. Yelich, another strikeout to end the bottom half of the fourth. That was a questionable call, too, on the check swing. I don't think he went. But nonetheless, to the bottom of the fourth, Burns retires the first two. uh, I'm sorry, to the fifth. Burns uh, retires the first two and then hits a man in that fifth inning for the first base runner Of the game between the two teams, 26 consecutive up and down uh, that did not reach base here in this ball game. Both teams combined. Burns comes back to strike out uh, Cave to end that frame uh, to the bottom of the fifth inning. Burns with nine strikeouts through the 15 uh, total possible outs. Toe-to-toe. Brewers get their first base runner, bottom of the fifth inning. Keston Hira, a hit by a pitch. That's all they get. No score to the sixth inning. Ten Ks for Burrios, nine for Burns, 19 strikeouts combined of the 32 plate appearances for both teams in this game. Now we get to the sixth inning. Corbin Burns, one, two, three, with a couple of more punch outs. He's at 11 strikeouts, 82 pitches to the bottom of the sixth. Here's how the top half of that sixth inning ended. 
I guess we don't have that. Okay, there's no score. <laughs> my my point was on, on the highlight there that uh, Brian Anderson was saying dueling no-hitters on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know if you believe in that stuff. I know Brian Anderson doesn't. But the Brewers in the bottom of the sixth inning, uh, Barrios, one, two, three, 84 pitches to the seventh. Both pitchers at around that 83, 84 mark. Twins break up the no hitter in the seventh. Well, they also break up the shutout with one out. Buxton does it again against Burns. He's, he's taken out of the game right there. Corbin Burns, uh, a terrific outing, six and a third. Uh, innings pitched, one hit, one run. It was earned, no walks, uh, 11 strikeouts, one hit batter, 87 pitches, and gives way to Brent Suter right there in that seventh inning. Clearly, guys deserved a better fate. I mean, we, we're, we're all well aware of that, but your offense needs to get in gear in the bottom half of the seventh inning as Suter did get out of that seventh inning on a couple of fly balls. Uh, in that bottom of the seventh inning, Brewers strike out in order. They are getting no hit through seven innings on 15 strikeouts of the 21 possible outs. One zip into the eighth inning. Suter staying on right here. And here's what I thought. Um, Council may have made a mistake here. Now, again, it, it didn't come back to haunt him really at all because the Brewers lost by more than just the one run. After two outs against Suter... Um. Yeah, by the way, Suter did have a strikeout in the bot or the uh, top half of that eighth inning as well. Twelve collective uh, for the for the uh, Brewers pitchers. Angelton Simmons with a base hit with two outs in the top half of the eighth inning, and then right there it brought up Nelson Cruz off the bench to go the right-handed hitter against the left-handed Suter. Now I was convinced at that point that either Fire Eisen or Drew Rasmussen was up and ready to go just in case Nelson Cruz did get an A-B. Nobody warming in that Brewers bullpen in a one-zip lead. Again, we talk about uh, Craig Council on managing with the lead a little bit def- uh, different than a tie game or managing with the deficit. We stayed with Suter right there, and Nelson Cruz and the Twins made him pay, gives up that base hit to uh, to uh, Nelson Cruz, and, and it's set up first and third right there. Did Council screw that up? I think so. It was a base hit R- RBI by Louis, uh, Luis Arise, and it gave him that two-zip lead, and I, I didn't think that last run was warranted there, Craig Council. I, I thought you should have had a right-hander knowing full well that Cruz was going to get up. He, he was going to get – as soon as they got a base runner, he was coming in, and you let him face Brent Suter. Base hit, base hit, makes it two zip. Uh, but Suter finally gets out of it. But damage done, two zip into the bottom of that eighth inning. Something cooking in the bottom of the eighth inning for the crew. After one out, Lorenzo Kane with a walk, followed up by Omar Narvaez. And finally, you know, you break up the no hitter. Keep in mind, a lot of people forget Brewers were no hit last year. And they were on the verge of, of getting it done again. A base hit by Omar Narvaez to put runners at the corners. Just the one out. Vogelbach was called upon 
to pinch it right there. He got an opportunity on Thursday in a big spot, gets an opportunity here in a big spot with runners at the corners and just the one out, and he doesn't come through. He strikes out 17 strikeouts for Milwaukee Brewers batters. Billy McKinney then summoned to pinch hit. A fly out to right ends the threat. Stays two zip into that ninth inning. J.P. Fireisen on for the ninth inning. Nice scoreless rack again for Fireisen. He looks good. Keep an eye on him uh, moving through the season here in the bottom of the ninth. One. Two, three strikes and uh, three outs, and and that was it. As uh, things got a little sideways there with a with a foul ball to the umpire, and then Dave Yeager from the uh, training staff, and then he drops, and things got a little weird, a little funky there. But the Brewers go in order in that ninth inning. They get one hit, a walk, a hit by pitch, and strike out seventeen of the twenty-seven total outs in this ball game, and they fall to the final of two zip 414-799-1250 as the Brewers falls the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin post game show we're going to hear from Craig Council in just a little while and uh, maybe a little surprise along the way as well stick around 1250 a.m. the fan after this and every ball game this season we are an Odyssey radio station did that really just happen what was he thinking it's time for the are you kidding me Moment of the game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show on the fan. Yeah, welcome back, guys. A rough one at American Family Field tonight as the Brewers fall in game two of this three-game set. Two zip the final, and they uh they damn near get no hit tonight. And and hey, give credit to Barrios. He, he was good. Corbin Burns matching him toe. Toe-to-toe, these guys going back and forth. A 2.6 million strikeouts between the two of them. 17 strikeouts for the Brewers' offense here. A little bit surprising to me, but, you know, we need a bigger sample size here, obviously, to, to get a good read on this offense. And are you kidding me? Moment of the game. I think it happened before the game. As much as I am hoping, wishing, praying, and rubbing all sorts of good luck charms, that Travis Shaw bounces back to his form, uh, you know, in, what, 17 and 18, you know, where he uh, collectively uh, averages uh, 30 home runs a season, about 80 RBIs. Okay, I'm not sure that one game warrants you in the two-hole, Mr. Shaw. I love you, buddy. But come on. Craig, Really? Shaw in the two hole. Now I'm I'm a lineup guy, so I will I will dissect the lineup. But I think it does have an impact because if it didn't have an impact, they wouldn't change it. So I mean, it is clearly proof that a baseball batting order does affect the outcome of the offense, or they wouldn't change anything. But Travis Shaw in the two hole, I I I appreciate and and was going crazy. A, a two-for-four game with a walk and three knocked in, a two-run double to tie it in the ninth on Thursday. But I will say this. I don't think that game warranted a two-hole spot. You've got to come up with a little something better than that. And I know what they're trying. I know what Craig counts. Are you kidding me? I know I know what he's trying to do. And, and I guess I applaud, the, in, in a way, the effort there. But hold the roll here a little, little bit on, on thinking Travis Shaw 
goes from a buck fifty hitter his final year in Milwaukee to a two thirty hitter uh, in Toronto, and then all of a sudden he's supposed to be a two hole hitter. I just, I just, I find that hard to believe right away like that. But you know, had he gone three for four, Craig Council would have been a genius. But that's my "Are you kidding me?" moment. Uh, but really, are you kidding me? Moments are the 17 strikeouts, and that's just wow. I I'm not sure that I'm a big fan of baseball when it's just strikeout, strikeout, fly ball, strikeout, strikeout, walk, strikeout, walk. I mean, come on. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. However, on the positive side of things, Corbin Burns is he legit? Because that stuff that he's got makes him legit. He's got a full arsenal of plus pitches, and I mean power plus pitches. That cutter is about as as good as you're going to see in all of baseball. Got a fastball going 98. He's got a cut fastball that is like 92. Think about this. That's That's almost unheard of, guys. Throwing the curveball, throwing a wipeout slider. I mean, how good is Corbin Burns? The eye test says that he is amazing. Now we're starting to stack up uh, several uh, windows of time in which he has high-end success with all that stuff. I mean, you can throw 18 out the, out the window a little bit. He reinvented himself uh, throughout what he went through in, in uh, 18 Make it 19. Sorry. Throw 19 uh, to, to, to the wayside here. But what he's done since has been nothing short of any other big-time elite pitcher in baseball. And I'm just wondering. I'm a big fan of Woody's. <laughs> so I'm not sure who's going to have the higher ceiling now when you compare the two. Because rejections say that that's one hell of a one-two punch. And I agree. How good a one-two punch? Looking like it's pretty damn good. Uh, We're going to hear from Craig Council coming up in just a little while, uh, and and we're hoping to get uh, Corbin Burns on as well. Pipe bomb, uh, that eye test for Corbin Burns today. Yeah, take away the Buxton. Really, Buxton, you're going to turn into Billy Hamilton now? You're only going to hit home runs against the Milwaukee Brewers? Other than that, you're just a speedy um, baseball player? But... Corbin Burns, eye test, pipe bomb, your thoughts. Well, I would say slow your roll a little bit, Timmy, and I don't want to bust you out here. You know, we've hung out many occasion. And, uh, you know, you're always, you always used to get mad when a pitcher would throw a pitch that would get hammered 500 feet out to, uh, out to center field. And, oh, that was a good pitch. No, it wasn't. It went 500 feet over the wall. So to sit there, you know, if the Detroit Lions last season, if you take away the 14 losses that they had, that was a really good team, too. So you're doing what you don't like other people to do. So, you know, but um, but yes, no, with the success that Corbin Burns had last season for him to come out six and a third one run with 11 K's and he you know, the stuff was just electric. So, you know, yes, I, I would definitely Definitely lean on the side of the real deal. And I'll tell you that uh, uh, Fire Eyes, and I, I'm becoming a big fan of him. Looks good, too. Yeah, he, lo- he looks real good. But 
Corbin Burns, we wouldn't even be talking about a Buxton home run if the offense scores what they did last year, which was awful at 4.1 runs per game. Even if they did three, which is, again, collectively a bad average uh, in baseball. We're not even talking about the Buxton homer. We're just talking about a blip on the radar. We're we're talking about some form of longevity here with Corbin Burns. Some. It's it's starting to take hold. What more we need to see is probably a uh, 24 to 26 start season here. Were that ERA and, and and again we're we're judging on on really the high scale pipe bomb. Yeah. So if if he does go 24 25 26 starts this year and ends up with that I I would go even lower than the sub 3 ERA. I would go to maybe what if he ends up with a 2.4 or something like that. Something outstanding like that. I think we then have to start looking at Corbin Burns as the sky's the limit. Absolutely. Because of the, the arsenal. Because of the arsenal and because of the stuff. And I'm not really enamored a lot of times by stuff that, that doesn't uh, turn me on like, like other baseball analysts. Everyone likes to talk about stuff. But there are exceptions to that. And when you look at the plus pitches, a handful of them. It's not just the one pitch where it's a plus-plus. This is three or four pitches, Jeff, that are just you – you can't avoid the stuff with Corbin Burns. Right. You can't. He's got all the tools to sit there and become a dominant starter in Major League Baseball for many, many, many years Let's to see come. see if it gets results, though, as I said, that, because that's the bottom line. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, you know, the stuff is great, you know, watching uh, – you know, watching a 12-6 curveball and, and, and all that, you know, just watching the ball fall off the shelf, you know, very exciting. You know, but what I love about baseball is watching, you get the cerebral, you know, pitchers that set up, you know, pitch after pitch after pitch, and uh, and then how these, you know, they stack the different at-bats against the same guys, you know, a few innings down the road, and that's what I like, and that's that's one thing that just draws me. And, and you know, I'm I know I'm I'm not an analytic nerd, but I'm a nerd because I I sit there and and try to see what they're trying to do and how they're trying to set up their next pitch, and I love it. I think you know, like I said, I think honestly, the sky's the limit for uh, for Burns. He's got every all the tools. Yep. He's just yep. got to make it work, and he's got to stay healthy. It's it's got to be the health, and it's, it has to be a little bit more time, and that's all I'm saying is. But we are starting to get on that journey with some high end success with Corbin Burns. We're just we're getting into a chunk of games to where you got to start at least entertaining that idea. Yes, and Tim, another thing that Corbin has going for him is good old Craig Council, because Council isn't going to throw him out there for needless innings. Chances are he's going to baby him more than he should, which will help keep the arm fresh, help keep the stuff sharp and all that, and should help, you know, hopefully keep him healthy. So he's got a a definite ally and, you know, a a major assist coming with uh, with Craig Council. I don't know if uh, the one-run deficit uh, heading into the latter stages, you know, with a handful of outs left would have made the difference. I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to doubt it. I mean, it's, when it's a down night, it's a down night. And this offense clearly had that. 
17 strikeouts. You know, uh, we're going to hear from Craig Council in just a second here, but just just let me go on this. I, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, when you when you look at an approach, you hear this term approach a lot. And I'm not sure, you, you can call it old school mentality if you want. But when you know that dude's on, when you know the other guy's on, and that's okay because other guys are going to be on. It doesn't matter really who it is. Everyone can be just electric in a night. Well, this guy was. Uh, Barrios was, was electric. There's no question about that. But do we see that he's got the strikeouts working? Do we see shortening up? Do we see that? I'll tell you what. You go back into a couple of uh, decades ago, I'll promise you at least two offensive players would have attempted bunts against that dude. Yeah. At least. And do we see in modern-day baseball, do we see the shortening up and getting it in play? Do we see that at all? It doesn't appear to me that they do that these days. Well, Tim, that's why, you know, and it, it, it breaks my heart, but it seems like we're never going to see another hitter like Tony Gwynn because you know Tony Gwynn would have sat there and came up to the plate his second, third, fourth at-bat, and he would have choked up. You know, yep. tr- trying yep. to get that bat around and get onto the ball and all that. And, you know, you you saw the, the Hall of Fame numbers, you know, and, and all that that he put up. So, you know, f- obviously baseball has just gone in the complete opposite direction with home run or strikeout. It has. And, and maybe they're trying to combat that with the dead in baseballs, which is somewhat perpe- uh, perplexing to me in that they, they – they're mixing in the back inventory of the balls that just fly out of ballparks. So you don't know which baseballs you're getting on a given. <laughs> on a given pitch. On a given. You know, you could have the dull one, you know, when, when the guy first comes up and right. then throw him a perfect strike. And then the next one is the juiced one that goes, you know, 800 miles down the road. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But, hey, you'll, you're going to get manhandled in the game of baseball. Every World Series team that has won the last 100 years has gotten manhandled on a given night. And the Brewers' offense got just that tonight. They fall tonight to Zip. And we'll hear from Craig Council up next, Tim Allen. There's Jeff Orlowski back in the cockpit since, uh, well, the calendar year of 2019, believe it or not. <laughs> we welcome him back. And the Brewers fall tonight to Zip, game two of this three-game set to fire up the 2021, say it with me now, championship season indeed. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show here on The Fan. What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show on The Fan. Well, the Brewers, a tough one tonight as they fall to zip the final 17 Ks. The story for the Brewers offense in terms of the pitching, I mean, Corbin Burns, you, you, you can't pitch much better than he did tonight. Uh, giving up that uh, one out in the seventh inning home run to Byron Buxton, and that broke up the no-hitter and the shutout in one swing. That's a tough way to go for Corbin Burns. It just is. I mean, you, you, 
And oh man, you feel uh, you feel bad about that. Uh, clearly, you know the old cliche is deserved a better fate, but it's true. The other guy, I pitched as good or better. I mean, you you gotta you gotta credit that dude too. And he matched. Uh, they matched each other toe to toe. It's really weird how you know each team got their first base runner via the hit by pitch, both in the fifth inning, both with no hitters going. And he just, you're like, offense, come on, just put together a little bit of a rally. And they just couldn't get that done. I mean, there was really just the one spot there in that eighth inning where it was runners at the corners with one out. And it was Vogelbach and Billy McKinney to, to, to try and loosen things up there. And I'm not quite sure where uh, Avisail Garcia was, but there's, there's a guy I, w- I would have looked at long and hard here. I mean, there's a... Uh, a, a much more proven track record in uh, in Major League Baseball for Garcia than both Vogelbach and McKinney. I mean, it's getting late there. I don't know why you're saving him, but it's it was it was getting late there. I know you like the lefty against the righty, but again, I mean, I don't see what what would have been wrong with Avi Garcia hit hitting there with first and third and one out. So a couple of little things to maybe nitpick at here for me. Um, really allowing Brent Suter to face Nelson Cruz. Do you really truly uh, appreciate that line uh, that matchup? I, I see nothing fun about that matchup. <laughs> no offense to Suter. I mean, I I, I like Brent Suter a lot, but against Nelson Cruz in that situation, two out, one on in a one-run game in the eighth inning. I mean, I'm not sure I go there. Rasmussen should have been up. You ended up going with Fire Eisen anyway. I don't know if you're saving Rasmussen for tomorrow's game. Now, you're, you're, you're in great shape for tomorrow's game. This is all about the offense tomorrow, just to get a little ahead here, guys. It's all about the offense tomorrow. You get a lead after six, you're going to win that baseball game tomorrow, in theory. It's Rasmussen, Williams, and Hader. Seventh, eighth, and ninth. And that should be a lockdown victory. Your offense has the lead after six. But again, I'm talking about a very good Minnesota Twins team here. Travis Shaw would be a little nitpicky for me, too. I don't really know where... You know, a guy like Avi Garcia has to, you know, share time here. And again, different positions, I understand. But just to go to Shaw in its um in its entirety, I, I the tool. I mean, Travis Shaw, we celebrated on Thursday your heroics. But one game, in my estimation, does not warrant a two-hole spot for Travis Shaw. Sorry, guys. I can't, I can't go with Craig on this one. And, uh, again, if, if you're just tuning in, just coming out of American Family Field, uh, if you want to join this conversation, 414-799-1250, I will take you. But um, Yeah, and you can't say that Craig was going with the hot hand. It's game two. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and he has shown himself in, in history to be a hell of a lot more patient of a manager than I would be if I was in his position. So, you know, if this was in the middle of the season, then we could sit there. Oh, yeah, he, went, he was trying to go with the hot hand or, oh, my God, you know, uh, he might be panicking a little bit. It's game two. So 
you know, I he might have just done it just to kind of tick you off a little bit. Tim. Well, are the splits that big of deal here when you're dealing with so? Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. Uh, four of the first five hitters were lefties. Four of the first five against the right-hander. I get stacking your lineup like that. But with Shaw on the two, I, I'm not sure why you just... Lorenzo Cain, to me, I'm not, I'm not... I'm starting to get the picture here a little bit, and I know they're they're kind of bringing him back slowly. But they started this at the beginning of last year before he opted out after the uh, handful of games. Lower in the order for Eric Sogard last year. Now he's lower in the order simply because he's a right-handed hitter. In Lower in the order to Travis Shaw. Who doesn't want Lorenzo Cain in the one or two hole right now? Come on. I mean, I, I just, that part of it, you, you want a leader to lead, then let him do it. I don't think he's, he's super appreciative of a, a six or seven spot in your order. I mean, that's, that's just, again, to, to piggyback that conversation, what are the alternatives? I'm not just going to gripe about Travis Shaw being in the two-hole without a solution. And the solution there should have been a Lorenzo Kane. Let him get the additional at-bats. But I see what the effort is with Craig Council. I understand it. I wouldn't have gone to it, but I understand it. And that is, he is a huge part of this team. Or at least that's their intent, to get one of the comeback players of the year playing third base on a regular basis for this squad this year. And he wanted to jump on that good energy that he had coming off of Thursday. I get that. You know, I understand it. I don't agree with it. But I understand where he's coming from. So let's get to uh, manager Craig Council. A rough one tonight. Boy, when you strike out 17 times, you just got to turn the page. You just got to get to the next day. That's that's all you can say about that. Let's see if Craig Council agrees. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the seventh was going to be his last inning for sure. Um, you know, we had we got Brent up to start the inning um, in case he got in any trouble. So he was, you know, we weren't going to extend him at all. But um, I mean, he was just so good. It was hard. You know, it, it was, he was just so good. So I, I thought he had an inning left in him. Um, and I thought Polanco was the out of the, in, you know, I thought Polanco was the big at bat of the inning getting through him and felt pretty good about it. Get when he got Polanco out. Craig, is uh, Dave Yeager okay? Yeah, Dave's, Dave's doing good. He's, he's with our medical people now, but he's, he's doing good. Um, I think it was just a case of, you know, he was on, he was on one knee, um, or, you know, down on the ground, helping out CB. And then when he stood up, just his equilibrium, uh, he just kind of lost it and, and fainted obviously. So, um, but he, he, he walked off, you know, you saw him walk off under his own power and, um, he's, he's feeling better now. Um, so I, I it was, a, it was a very scary. Um, but I, I think he's going to be okay. Craig, with uh, with JP Fireisen, is that a sign of just the confidence that you have in him to to go to him again in that spot after what he did Thursday? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, JP's a guy right now that that we're yeah we're you know I think just going into the season and and how he threw the ball in the spring, he just he made us all take notice, and um, so I, I think you know you'll continue to see him. Um, 
you know, gets get innings and, and get bigger innings, really the way he's throwing the ball. I think we have to acknowledge that. Um, and, and it's, it's important for us to, to have a guy step forward like that. I think he's showing signs that, um, you know, he, he's going to be one of those guys. Thanks guys. All right. little shortened uh, abbreviated uh, Craig council there tonight as the Brewers fall to zip and yeah, a little bit of a scary kind of deal going on. I mean, we all, Remember what happened last year with, with Pat Murphy and, and they're obviously always going to err on the side of caution with Dave Yeager. And as part of the medical staff, you just heard him. He just sort of stood up and sort of, I don't know, the heat or whatever it might have been, but it uh, looks to be uh, uh, an okay situation. A lot to discuss, a lot to think about with Corbin Burns and, and his future here as and the story is well-documented about how, you know, 18 in, in 2018, he comes up a huge part of that bullpen in a deep run to the NLCS and game seven, the whole deal. And now obviously uh, the Brewers ways here are to integrate their starting pitching from the bullpen. And and that's the way the Cardinals did it for years. And they, they still might. Uh, but that's the way it looks like the the program is. Freddie Peralta is a, is a good example of that. And uh, Adrian Hauser is a good example of that. Brandon Woodruff, an example of that. Corbin Burns, another example of that. I think Drew Rasmussen is another going to be another example of that. So they, they go through the bullpen to get to the rotation. So Corbin Burns, from the bullpen in 18, just outstanding, lights out, enjoys tremendous success, and 19 completely falls apart. Reinvents himself, LASIK surgery, mental coach, some different uh, things going on between the ears, physically to the lab, he, he works on some things, and just clearly comes out last year as an entirely remade pitcher. And I think he's even, guys, to go you one further, I think he's even a little bit better than he was in 18. And that's a great thing. Now you're seeing him get stretched out here a little bit, 87 pitches today. Now that the umpires, I, th- I think we're just a little on the, uh, Bucknor was a little on the inconsistent side here. Um he was given the low, but, uh, you know, not, nothing upstairs. That, that wasn't happening with him. Uh, but Corbin Burns now putting things together last year and now early, um, you know, in, in spring here at Cactus League play, and now his first start just off the charts, amazing. It's just the one hit given up, striking out 11. Did hit a man, 87 pitches. He gives up the home run, and out he goes. I thought it was a good move for Craig Council. That was that. Just it's at 87 pitches. It's his first start of the season, and I I didn't have any problem with with taking him out. And quite frankly, two runs given up through nine innings of work here tonight for Brewers pitchers. Regardless of who gave up the run, Suter gave up one, and and Burnsy the other. Two is enough to win every ball game. Just about probably 93 out of 100, somewhere in there. We're going to hear from Corbin Burns coming up, but man, just outstanding and electric. And quite frankly, do you see it changing at all? I don't, I don't, I hope not. I need to see just a little more. I mean, I I want to go all in pipe bomb. I want to go all in. I just want (laughs) to just hold up just, you know, maybe, 
maybe even as few as another 10 starts is, is really where I'm at. Because if this stuff is as electric as it has been both last year, spring this year, and his first start this year, another 10, let's say eight of those 10 are as electric with, with the stuff and, and the results because that's part of it. I'm ready to go all in on Burns. Yeah, but you can't sit there and expect him to go six six no hit. You know each no, of those agreed. starts. So you know it it was it was special tonight. He looked phenomenal. He's got to sit there and you know just try to. I I don't want it to be. I would like to see him actually thoroughly dominate. I don't want it to kind of be like how it was when Woody had his uh, his mm-hmm. breakout season. And you are always like just counting on getting a win when he was on the mound because you had a few wild cards coming up after that in the rotation. I hope it's not like that where the weight of the world of Brewers world is not hanging on Corbin's shoulders. But they've got a one-two punch there in Woody and Burns. And 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 granted, Woodruff not great on Thursday. And and he he needs to figure that out. I think the pitch count got a little up with Corbin tonight as well. And I think that's the final final test or, or final step that these both of them need to take a little bit. You can always be rest assured that, that the elite in baseball, they keep a good check on their pitch efficiency. They do. They keep a good check on that pitch count because it allows them to chew up seven and two-thirds every other time out. It allows them to get over 200 innings. Now, I know that's a little bit on the rare side th- these days, and certainly this year is probably uh, not going to be that possible for a ton of pitchers. But just in general, you got to work that pitch efficient uh, efficiency thing here uh, with both of these guys because you'll see you saw it on Thursday. Woody, 23 innings in that first that first inning there. 23 You've pitches. Already deter- 23 pitches in, in the first inning. And and that was Woodruff on, on Thursday. You've already determined how deep you're going to go in the game for the most part. You've already determined that you're not going eight strong. You may not go seven strong if you're going 23 in the first inning. Now, I thought Corbin was victimized a little bit by a couple of missed calls there that did add on to the pitch count a little bit. And that, that did work against him. Uh, and he did bounce back a little bit in the fifth with uh, four pitches, got two outs, but then he hit a man, which extended that inning. So it's little things like that. Final pieces of the puzzle, I think, for the elite. And I'm not, I'm not dubbing these guys elite quite yet. I'm just saying, in 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 terms of taking the next step, they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to watch that pitch count, then look out because that makes the bullpen even better. We're going to hear from Corbin Burns up next. If you want to jump in here, there's time for you. 414-799-1250. Sapella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show on 1250 AM The Fan and Odyssey Radio Station. Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500. All right, someone just uh, texted my personal phone, and I'm not even going to tell you who it was, but I, I am going to say this. Uh, the answer is no. You really think I'm going to read the box score tonight? <laughs> Can you figure it out? 
Uh, I think you got it under control with the box score here as the Brewers muster up a hit in this one as uh, they fall two zip the final. Welcome back. Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Tim Allen, uh, the Polish pipe bomb back in the studio with me for the first time since 2019. And, and I will say this, we're going to hear from Corbin Burns in just a second. I didn't get time to, because of all the excitement on Thursday, just belabor the point uh, here of appreciation on, on many different levels of uh, sitting in front of this microphone talking Brewers baseball with you guys for 16 years. Now, I will say this. Now, I don't know what, what you guys do for a living, uh, but I, I, I can only tell you what my industry provides and doesn't provide, and it typically doesn't provide anybody with a 16-year run. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm anything special. I'm just saying I'm lucky. Yeah, job security is not uh, top of the <laughs> of the no. charts. No, and and really, it's and sometimes it's it's because of the individual just doesn't want to you know stay on the run because they they seek another uh, avenue or platform. But you know, I've I've been uh, I've been super super lucky to do this, and and I I I will continue to say that at the beginning of every year. I too have been asked that at, at my just so everyone is clear. People wonder, uh, pipe bomb, how old I am, and um, you know because the the rest of the staff makes fun of the, you know the old guy over here. I'm 56, so I mean it's not retirement time yet. <laughs> no just saying, okay. I, I'm I'm the youngest old dude on the radio. That's the way I consider it, and and I will continue to do this as long as one I agree. Uh, with with Bob Euchre in that you, you don't want to embarrass the product or yourself, for sure. And I, I'm in agreement with that. I also would be in agreement if 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 it's you know not embarrassing to to the product or or myself that if if I end in being hauled out on a gurney and and a producer has to call the uh, rescue squad or whatever, um, then that's the way it happens. I mean, if 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 granted, if if people. And folks, let me do this. So I just I want to show uh, my appreciation for everybody involved, the, the sponsors, and, and certainly the audience. I think if we don't have an audience talking Brewers baseball, I'm not sitting here. So I, I well, appreciate it and never take it for granted. At 56, Timmy, I say you at least got another good 20 years in you. No or, chance. Or, no chance. You know, you would imagine, hopefully, that the Brewers would win a World Series championship in less years than the drought that the Cubs went on. So you yeah. could either, like, give it an extra 20, or you could try to go for the whole enchilada and be like, I'll be here, you know, until I've been on doing a postgame show for 108 years or 110 years or whatever. And, you know, and they win. I would con- consider um, sticking around here for as long as it takes to win a World Series, for sure. Would you retire um, the day after the World Series from the postgame show? Because, okay, ladies and gentlemen, I know out in radio land, you know, yes. And if you ask Tim, you ask me, you ask anybody here, do we have a hard job? And for the most part, the answer is lucky. no. Super lucky. We talk about sports. We love sports. This is phenomenal. It doesn't get any better. So it's not hard work. However, if you look at the sacrifice that Tim Allen makes every single season 
considering he takes about eight days off, and that includes band shows and hungover days and trips to Vegas, like eight days off in an entire baseball season. Yeah. You know, that's uh, that's very impressive. It's time consuming. It's not physical labor. People work far harder than than we do for sure and just I, I couldn't be couldn't be happier each and, and again every every year i uh, i'm not going to take it for granted if if things change after this year and then, then they change i don't you know it's it's out of my control i do everything i can to talk brewers baseball with you somewhere somehow some way I'll, and i'll do that all right in this case it's the pella windows and doors of wisconsin post game show the 2021 championship season now down to 160 games. It's a sprint to the, to the World Series <laughs> is what it is right now. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. There's still a few things to get to uh, tonight, and that is uh, Corbin Burns. And, and Burns, he, I think he's g- growing in terms of uh, maturity. And that's what we forget that a lot of times with some of these ball players. N- not just the physical part of this. But it's the mental maturity part that you just get smarter. You just get more comfortable. You just get more confident. He is an emotional pitcher. And he's going to wear it on his sleeve at times. And I like that. I like that moxie in Corbin Burns. But check him out. He's got a decent demeanor. And I think there's the uh, maturity coming through. Let's check in with uh, Corbin Burns after six and a third, 11 Ks, just the one run given up. Corbin, how did you feel out there? Obviously, you know, six innings, uh, I think 11 strikeouts, no hits. Just what was working for you? What? How did you feel out there? Uh, yeah, I felt pretty good. Um, you know, we had a pretty good game plan coming in, and, um, you know, me and Omar were on the same page basically all night. So, um, you know, that made it easy as far as staying in a good tempo. Um, and then, yes, you know, stuff was pretty good all night. Um, and, you know, you just got to tip your hat to uh, Bucks, and they're a good cutter down and away, and he went out and got it. Corbin, did you, you go back chance to, to go back that here. pitch? Um, was, it, was it where you wanted it? Yeah, it was, it was basically the same exact pitch that we threw before that he fouled off. Um, I, was, I was trying to expand a little bit to get to two strikes there, and basically it was through the same pitch. So, I mean, if, if you throw the same pitch back-to-back um, times to, to big league hitters, they're, they're going to get you. So, it, was, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad pitch, and he just went out and got it. Hey, Corbin, you, you spoke a lot about the um, work on the curveball and the changeup during spring training. How do you think things went with those two pitches today for you? Uh, they were good. Uh, we spun the curveball um, really well today. Um, we got a good punch out to snow and be able to uh, get, get some weak ground outs with it. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking for there. And then, uh, you know, the changeup was good as well. Um, got, got a couple of good swings on it and maybe a ground out or two with it. But, uh, yeah, as far as, as far as the curveball and changeup were, uh, they were good. Corbin, what was your view of uh, Barrios from the batter's box? Uh, he's got he was I mean, he was nasty tonight. Um, you know, talking to the hitters, it sounds like you know typically Velo wasn't quite that high uh, for him, and he came out and had a couple extra ticks on the on the uh, radar gun tonight, and um, you know it kind of showed it was, it was he was kind of dominant there through the uh, through six innings and. Um, even getting up, you know, when I was in the box, I only saw his fastball and you know, slider one time, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good fastball and good life to it. Corbin, is a game like that fun? I know you're pitching against their hitters and not against the opposing starter, but to duel a guy like you get, you get caught up in it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always awesome to, to go out and, 
you know, have have a duel like that. Um, you know, Barrios obviously he's been in the league for for quite a while. And he's been been a good young pitcher in the league. So, um, you know, if you want to go out there and try to beat the best, that's that's what you want to do. So it was it was it was definitely fun out there. Um, fortunately, I mean, we came up on the on the short end of the stick tonight, but uh, we'll we'll get him tomorrow. Corbin, with the high strikeout numbers, especially seven the first time through the batting order, you still had pretty efficient innings. Is that a good indication for you? Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to go as deep in the game as you can. But, um, yeah, we, we were getting some uh, some early strike calls and didn't fall behind too many hitters, which which helped. Um, I think we had – it was three three-ball counts tonight. Um so it's definitely something to to work on, but other than that, it was you know it was it was o two one two most of nights. So that was uh, you know definitely encouraging and something that we can build off definitely going forward. But uh, yeah, you know, whenever you can keep the pitch count down, you know that late into the game is is good. Corbin, you had something so special going. How did you react when you pipped the guy in the back foot with that pitch? Yeah, it happens. Um, you know, we th threw a good. I think it was fastball. Maybe it was, maybe it was change up away fastball off it and we got him with a curveball um it wasn't a bad pitch just just kind of kind of tugged it a little bit and it, it just barely clipped his toe I think but um you know wasn't wasn't that unhappy with it it was you know the, the right pitch in the right spot and just tugged it there hey Corbin uh they obviously lifted Varios despite the no hitter going and Craig had mentioned that you know seventh inning was going to be the final one for you regardless it sounded like how do you kind of deal with that? Is that just something you have to accept, knowing that it's game two of 162? Yeah, it's going to be a long season. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to go out there and throw 120 pitches your first outing. You know, you'd you'd love to, to you know to, to try to go out there and go as deep as you can. But um, yeah, no, I, I completely understand. It's one of those things that got to protect your guys. And um, you know, with with a fully healthy bullpen out there, and with the, with the guys you got out there, that's you know that's that's the right call after. 80 plus pitches. I'm sure you know Devin, Josh, JP, Suter, all those guys out there. You know they're all fresh, so they're they're probably the, the better guys to go to with the uh, the fresher arms out there. All right, there he is, uh, Corbin Burns. After the Brewers' two zip loss, uh, their record now one and one early on in the 2021 championship season, as uh, offense and and uh, well lack thereof and uh, pitching the name of the game tonight and again. You're going to run into those buzz saws, and and just as much of a buzz saw that the Brewers' offense faced, so did the the Twins' offense, and and someone has to win these low scoring games, and you know, unfortunately, it it, uh, it it was those guys, and and it just takes a swing, and you saw the swing from Buxton take care of things. Now again, there's, there's the famous old. I don't think anyone has ever given up a home run that wasn't a bad pitch in the last five years. Uh, I've, I've uh, been known to be a little bit cynical about that. But to me, a, a bad pitch results in something uh, good for the offense. Now, from a pitcher's perspective, I'm just saying. And, and I know there's a, there's a delicate conversation that needs to be had when you talk to pitchers and managers about what constitutes a bad pitch. To me, a home run would be a bad pitch. Just saying. That's just from my perspective. I know you might have hit your spot. I know you had a good spin rate. <laughs> I know it was out of the strike zone and the hitter had no business swinging at it. 
I know that the 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 hitter had his his butt was out and he got fooled on the pitch and you know it just the ball carried or wh- whatever you want to attach to that, but my cynicism cannot allow me to get through. It was a home run. Okay, now the hit batter. Let's get to that. The hit batter wasn't a bad pitch at all. I just tugged it a little bit. Hmm. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to get to that one too, where where it's like okay, so so it was a bad pitch because you tugged it, and you just kind of pulled it a little bit. I don't know. It's I guess it's some baseball people think it's uh, semantics. I think it's results based, and that's the end all be all is the result. And so I, I don't see anything good out of a home run ball given up. I just don't. That That's the end result. We can dissect how it got over the wall. Okay, but the end result has to be let's meet there. Let's let's meet. And, no, that wasn't good. No, it wasn't, wasn't good at all what happened there. So I can, I can uh, be open for debate on some of those things. I'll get to some uh, social media hits here as the Brewers fall to zip the final. Game two, off and running the 2021 championship season. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. You can count on us being here after the ball game, talking some Brewers baseball on 1250 AM, the fan and Odyssey station. Where did this one turn? It's time for the turning point of the game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show on The Fan. Yeah, welcome back to Zip Final. Brewers fall in game two of this three-game set. Rubber match tomorrow. Cannot wait. 110 first pitch from American Family Field, and it is uh, Adrian Hauser trying to get the Brewers back off the mat. This is one of those things where you could see you know, 17 strikeout, one hit, no runs for the Brewers offense where they just explode for like eight or nine runs tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Good thing about, um, you know, this in, in general, I mean, you're seeing some good signs through the first two games. And, and you're seeing, uh, for example, on Thursday, five innings of just two-run ball for the Brewers bullpen. Uh, let's see, five, six innings. Sorry about that. Six innings of two-run baseball for that Brewers bullpen on Thursday. Uh, today, uh, the bullpen, again, it was Suter's one run. So that's a good trend. The start out of uh, Woody was, yeah, I mean, four, four innings, six hits, three runs. It probably wasn't, you know, where, where Woody's standard is. Burns, he obviously, uh, in tonight's game, is just outstanding. Six and a third, just the one run given up. Get any sort of offense. I mean, this is a runaway Brewers victory. It didn't. It didn't happen. So there's some decent trends there. Offensively, you gotta you gotta get uh, you gotta get the line moving. And we saw it on Thursday in the ninth inning. You saw the table set uh, a couple of times uh, in Thursday's game prior to the ninth inning. They just couldn't couldn't come through with the with the big hit there. And and it, that's going to have to uh, change a little bit. But again, two games here. A buzzsaw. I think both sides ran into this buzzsaw. The Minnesota Twins just uh, came out a little bit better. Now, those of you, I mean, we're looking at two different pitchers that had no hitters through six innings. I mean, that's almost unheard of, guys. Extremely rare. I mean, it's it's obviously rare, uh, rare circumstance to get no hit innings through six just in general. Any one pitcher. 
You get two on the same night doing it, toe-to-toe, back-to-back. I mean, it's just it, – it, it was something, you know, that, that a lot of fans I don't think, uh, you know, really like a, a pitcher's duel type thing. And I think the game has changed to the point where people like a little bit more action. And, and granted, you change and you change with the times, so you don't change your whole product uh, to get there. There's got to be a, a happy medium there. But two guys with th- going through six innings of no-hit ball. And, and I, you could feel the intensity of a baseball game like this. At least I could. Just feel it getting getting more and more intense as as really each out and when I started to feel it was probably around the top of the fourth inning. I went, these dudes are on. I mean, these guys are on. This is this is going to be tough. Weird, strange night. On top of it, you had the smoke uh, from a, a a fire nearby the stadium that was that was kind of just hanging out. Uh, got through the panels into the stadium. So kind of a freaky night anyway. And then you get these guys. So uh, Corbin Burns ends that sixth inning. Now, I don't know what you feel about the superstitious nature of baseball. I tend to be a little on the superstitious side. I will err on the side of caution. Uh, a lot of baseball people, whether it's fans, whether it's uh, managers, players, coaches, you know, whoever, we all have our little things going a lot of players do. And I think it's maybe one of the more superstitious sports out there uh, is baseball for whatever reason. And I know we've, we've had a chat about this many, many times over the 16 years now uh, on this show, but it warrants again. Uh, do you believe in that jinx of a no-hitter? Some broadcasters just will not say it. I would be one of them. They'll just stay out of the way. You know, I wish I had power to affect things like that. And that's how a lot of broadcasters will will back their stance of, you know, I, I don't have the power to affect it like that. Come on. But, I mean, why tempt fate? Why would you? Why, you know, just kind of, I'll just stay out of the way and let things go. Not that, <laughs> you know, we have anything to do with it. B.A., uh, Brian Anderson from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, he's, he's a guy that says, hey, you know, if, Vince, if it's good enough for Vince Scully, it's good enough for me, and, and he didn't buy that stuff either. He's not going to worry about saying the words no and hitter or no hit or anything like that. Me, on the other hand, I'm staying off my phone. I don't even want to read no hitter going. I, I, I just, just limited access to anybody. I just want to let it play out. Here's how the top of the sixth ended on Bally Sports Wisconsin. Six no-hit innings. Scoreless game. Dueling no-hitters. Brewers coming to bat. <laughs> so you had to <laughs> you you had to double down, BA. And and uh I think he gets a kick out of us uh talking about it each time it happens. But he had to double down on the out, uh ending the uh, uh top of the sixth inning. Let's let's hear that one more time. He couldn't do it once, so maybe it was hey. If I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be equal, so since both guys got it going, I have to refer to it twice. Six no-hit innings. Scoreless game. Dueling no-hitters. Brewers coming to bat. Hey, he's fair about it at least. He got it in there twice. Uh, special night. Um, 
I, this didn't come to fruition. Do you have the other one that opens up the sixth inning, Jeff? Yes, sir. Okay, Are- let's let's check this one out. Well, we are witnessing something special here tonight at American Family Field. In this bottom of the six, Jose Barrios, six no-hit innings. Beg your pardon, five no-hit innings with ten strikeouts. There it is again. Yeah. So that maybe- time he was trying to jinx. Uh- yes. Yes. You know, he was jinxing the twins. But, yes, uh, you know, he definitely had no problem saying it. I, I And, again, it's a superstitious thing. Do you step on the foul line? Do you, you know, I mean, going back, I want to say it was either, I'm just racking my brain here, either Jeff Burrows or Mike Hargrove. I, I can't remember which one. Had to throw three little pebbles out of the – the batter's box had to lean down or grab three little pinches of sand and just go bloop, bloop, bloop. Every time he was during an at bat. Wow. I, I, I want to say it was, I don't know. I can't, I can't say one, one of the two, Mike Hargrove or uh, Jeff Burroughs, many back in the seventies. But I mean, everyone has their superstitious things going guys uh, that start uh, sometimes don't want to be interviewed. Uh, other guys that, that start that day, they don't care. And I've ran into both sides of that. Uh, some say that, uh, you know, a, certain, a particular jersey is going to help them. You're wearing your lucky socks. you got a streak going. All of these things play a part in this. And B.A. has been pretty, well, he's been very consistent all through the years, all the way back to that Dave Bush attempt. I think that's when it first popped up. And I, I'm not even going to guess a year here, but I think that's really when <laughs> Hickey was getting and has gotten a lot of grief about mentioning the no-hitters. But, you know, once you know it, you know, he mentions it after six innings, pipe bomb. The very next inning, after one out, or whatever it was, yeah, one out, Buxton breaks it all up, shut out, and no-hitter. It was the the next inning. That that occurred, the, the seventh inning, busted that thing up. Now, the Brewers didn't get theirs until the eighth. They didn't break theirs up until the eighth inning. But, you know, I'll look at the uh, positive side here. The Brewers didn't get no hit like they got last year. Um, and Corbin Burns' performance, J.P. Fireisen's performance. I'll give a little uh, honorable mention to Omar Narvaez for breaking that thing up. Uh, in the eighth inning, so we didn't have to be uh, talking about another no-hitter thrown against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, well, why don't we listen th- to that Nar- Narvaez hit? That's the only highlight I've got. That is the biggest <laughs> uh, biggest play highlight we have, and we got to do that. Omar Narvaez with a man aboard in the eighth. Omar Narvaez representing the tying run down the right field line. Yeah, in that the is, hit column. Uh, yeah, and that—that's the one that that they did receive. But again, you're looking at—you uh, need a big hit here. And there's in through the two games, you you got one, and you could make an argument a couple. Gelly's uh, in ninth inning hit uh, was a big one, but Shaw, really the biggest hit of the season thus far, two run double in the ninth to tie it on Thursday. Other than that. Still looking for the long ball. Still looking for that two or three run home run. Still looking. Well, when you 
Think about three run rallies. The few and far between last year for this Brewers offense, they got one on Thursday. So trying to find the positives here, biggest of which is Corbin Burns. And that, again, as I said about an hour ago, typically I'm not into, you know, guys stuff more than the results. And I understand where the other side comes from. Stuff is stuff. Sometimes, you know, a guy will get a lucky cheap base hit. You, you, you jam him and he gets, he muscles it out there. He gets a base hit, hits it off the end of the bat and it somehow finds a hole. I understand all that. Um, but man, re- results, that's what, that's what we're dealing with here. And the stuff that Corbin Burns has, I'm starting to buy into that sort of stuff. Uh, before we get to our final break here, uh, pipe bomb, a couple of things coming in on uh, social media to to get to as well. Yeah, we've got um, uh, Nick Nick Piccolo. He said that both pitchers were nasty tonight. Uh, the bats weren't there. A lot of ugly swings. Uh, he said that the atmosphere in the stadium was awesome tonight, and you could you hear, hear that it. coming through the TV yep. with the limited crowd. You know, Brewers Nation is phenomenal. Um, you had Brewers fan at Fan Brewer on Twitter. He uh, he tweeted at us, Andy Haynes, like Mike Budenholzer, shouldn't have been brought back. So we've got uh, Chapter 1 written in uh, in the Dunn Club for the uh, – We do. At Fan yep. Brewer on Twitter in Game 2 here. Uh, yes, I understand it wasn't an offensive explosion, but, uh, you know, you kind of got to give them at least a week, you think, you know? Well, yeah, and I, I think 25 games to me is a much clearer sort of, you know, sample size that, that I've always looked at. And, and some people say it's even a little bit more than that. I, I've always said it's 25 games gives me a decent indication of, of what the team is going to be. And, and uh, there's a few trends that can be developed in, in 25 games. There's a, there's a, uh, a handling, if you will, of a, a bullpen. There's trends there. There's trends in, you know, where are you going to go off the bench? There's trends in, in, a, in a lineup against a lefty or a righty, uh, the, the two different. We're going to see that this year with Craig Council. One more thing after the break on that lineup. We'll get to that next. You're listening to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show on 1250 AM, The Fan and Odyssey Station. What's on tap for the crew? What pitcher starts the next one? It's time for some forward thinking on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show on The Fan. Guys, a pretty big game tomorrow when you think about it. I mean, you'd be okay against that Minnesota Twins squad with a uh, series victory. And I'd be all right with that, too. Of course, you know, it, it, it hurts a little bit, every loss. But nonetheless, you take two of three against Minnesota to open up the campaign. I'd be all right with that. And uh, Michael Pineda on the hill for the Minnesota Twins. Adrian Hauser makes his... 2021 debut tomorrow for the crew really key for Hauser here in in my estimation uh, to really have this uh, starting rotation have some success at a a moderate to to high level I think he's been an x-factor heading into uh, this season he's been an x-factor in my book all offseason because you you sort of know the ballpark area of what Woody and Burns are going to do 
you kind of know what Brett Anderson's going to do for you. Just a solid, he's going to be there for you. He's not going to light things up, but you know, maybe, maybe uh, at at best, um, uh, in in a, in a good year, that three eight three nine ERA, and you'd be all right with that out of your four hole. You're going to roll the dice a little bit on Freddie Peralta in that five spot, but where it comes to the higher end success of this uh, starting rotation, now I've said it again throughout the offseason, it's Adrian Hauser, and and here's why. If it's a higher-end, really good season for Adrian Hauser, there's something cooking in Milwaukee with that one-two-three punch. And that's what you want. You want Adrian Hauser to graduate to the next step. Far better numbers out of the bullpen, but that's how Woody looked. That's how Burns looked. That's how Peralta looked. That's how Hauser looked. So cross your fingers on Adrian Hauser, man. Tomorrow, 110 first pitch, uh, the final game of the opening weekend of the 2021 championship season. And after the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Pella, windows and doors of Wisconsin postgame show where we're going to be hanging out, hopefully talking about a huge Brewers victory. It's kind of big. Not the end of the world if they lose, but <laughs> sorry, um, but but kind of a happy sort of win heading into Chicago, and oh boy, that'll get the blood pumping here. <laughs> Pipe bomb, you know that. You, you've been with me during Cup Brewer games. That is uh, pretty intense. It's almost like a playoff game in my book. Oh, absolutely, and you know, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, you got three day games all in a row down in Chicago. It's supposed to rain every single one. Those could be for some real long days down there. Absolutely. All right. Thanks to Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb. My name is Tim Allen. Enjoy the rest of your Friday night. I'm sorry, Saturday night. I will talk to you tomorrow, and happy Easter. It is uh, Easter here in about a little over an hour from right now. Don't kill the bunny, Tim. Yeah, have a good Easter if you celebrate that, and I'll talk to you tomorrow after the game here at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Post-game show on 1250 AM, The Fan and Odyssey Station. And remember, smile Milwaukee, the world will smile back.